Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey guys and gals, this is Joe McCall, Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm with Alex Youngblood. Alex, how are you? Good, man. Good to be on the call. Great to uh, always talk to the one, the only Joe McCall. It's always great to talk to Alex. <laughs> How's business been for you? Good. Really busy. We've been uh, doing a lot of new construction, it seems, lately. Um, got about oh, about 15 or so projects going on, so we're we're really busy. Wow, good for you. Are these all in the different areas or are they in one in one development? They are well, well, different areas across my local market. Okay. A lot of them are multiples where we've bought one and tearing down and putting up two. Um yeah, I think yeah, in one area we we're we're putting up four. So you know, it's a bit mixture of between one and four for each location. Now these are keeping you busy. Are you still doing marketing? Still sending out postcards? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean it, it is competitive here in this market with all those uh, kind of deals going on. So you know you could either wholesale one of those and make five grand, or you can go the distance on it and make thirty-five to fifty. So you know, I I decide to go the distance. Well, good for you. Good yeah. for you. And uh, how have you been? What's your what's your feel on the market for response rates with direct mail? Is it still going well for you, or is it going down? Um, response rate it depends what list you hit. Obviously, uh, with the good old absentee lists, uh, there's uh, every Tom, Dick, and Harry is hitting that list, so it uh, you know it, it tends to not do as strong as it used to. I experimented with letters actually the uh, the other day and and tried to hit that to a list where there is uh, no recording information whatsoever. Let's not talk about that. We won't. No, but it didn't do so well. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay, and we can letters. We and can talk was, about it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and it, it was let. It was actually letters that were sent out. Um, and uh, it was different service I tried and just to, just well, to see how it go and what what kind of letter was it well it was actually um a handwritten envelope uh with, i believe though the way this company does it is within a window so it's a windowed envelope within you know so the right. the handwriting is on the actual paper itself right. that you can see through the the window does that make sense yeah yeah and um then uh and, it, and then inside it, though, was more of a professional style branded letter. Interesting. Yeah. And so you just didn't get a lot of calls on it, huh? No, maybe like three out of eight. You know, how many did I send out? Like 3,000. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. So are these owner occupants? Uh, yes. It was all owner occupied. Wow. You should try yeah. the same list with postcards. And see how well you do on it, right? Because that's what you're normally used to. Yeah, yeah, and it's easy, very easy to put those together. So, absolutely. Well, cool. We just did uh, in the last couple of days. Did two deals. Made my half was twenty five hundred. Okay. So that's not bad, right? Not not better than a sharp stick in the eye. That's for sure. 
<laughs> yeah, wait till we t- wait till you guys hear what uh, Raphael's going to have to say. Oh boy, we're, we're interviewing him here in a little bit. Um, but these were two deals that um, you know we just did a bunch of marketing in a certain part of St. Louis. My VA pre-screens the leads, puts them in Podio, and I have a local wholesaler that works the leads. So when you say a uh, ton, uh, a bunch of marketing, kind of uh, yeah. unpack that a little bit. There, you know, please. I don't. I have an assistant that just kind of does all that for me. I'd have to go in and look, but we send not a whole lot. We send maybe three to four thousand postcards or letters a month. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's not a lot, and we mainly just target absentee owners. Keep it real simple. Um, Every once in a while, like maybe every three, four months, we'll send to high equity owner occupants. Okay. Um, and so that's that's pretty much what we do. And then we answer the phones live, which I think is really important. And we try to, yeah. we do a lot of follow up. So we <clears throat> follow up with all of our old leads once a month. And um, so that's been good. And lately, just in the last month, I've been doing some new direct mail, specifically targeting the median home priced areas and above. And these are areas in St. Louis where not a lot of investors, like I own a rental property in this certain area and the house is probably worth two twenty five, and the median hmm. home price in this area is maybe one fifty, right? So it's, you know, in this neighborhood homes sell for 200 to $400,000. But I, I own the rental property there and I've owned it since 2004. So I've owned it for over 10 years. I hardly ever, ever get mail, and uh, I'm an absentee huh. owner, right? So the – I don't know why it is. I think just a lot of investors who are doing a lot of wholesaling are targeting the lower-end homes because they're easier to get bigger discounts on them, right? Right, right. <clears throat> so I've been intentionally sending direct mail to the more expensive absentee owners, and uh, I'm going to be – we're doing more lease options now. We're focusing more on doing some lease option deals than we have in a long time. And that's – I'm looking forward to that. I got a guy that's helping me with doing that. <clears throat> okay. So I won't be taking any of the calls. Um, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't, I haven't really focused just only on doing lease options in my marketing for a while. So we're going to be testing different letters. The first one is just, hey um, – it's a handwritten yellow letter. I want to buy your house. Then after that, we're going to start sending more salesy type of messages. Um, you know, are you tired of being a landlord? We'll take over your payments and we'll take over your management headaches and um, we'll pay the rent whether it's vacant or not. Just doing something like that. We'll, okay. we'll buy your house regardless of equity and um, we'll see what happens. But anyway, the uh, we got Raphael, Raphael Vargas. On the line, and I know I butchered, butchered his name, and I'm I apologize. No, you got it right, <laughs> Raphael. How are you? Yes, sir. I'm phenomenal, sir. Phenomenal. Thank you. <clears throat> A mutual friend of ours told us about you, and said you yeah. guys got to get this guy Raphael on the podcast, and uh, <laughs> you're doing some pretty big deals, aren't you? We are, we are. Thank be to God. And and first of all, congratulations, to Alex, on the uh, on the fifteen construction new home construction deals. I mean, I'm oh. handling five re- like I was handling five renovations at one time, and uh, you know I was going crazy. So fifteen at one time. I mean, you know, hats off to you. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah, that, you know that's 
in between uh, development, in, in, in between planning, what's on the market for sale, and what um, we have under construction. So it's a wide, you know, it's a wide range. Of, uh, I guess a pipeline. I guess you would say, right? Yeah. Well, that's still pretty impressive. Awesome. Yeah. Good for you. So, Raphael, tell us a little bit about you. Where are you from? Where do you live right now? Sure. Um, I'm living in, currently I was living, I was living in uh, Washington, D.C. proper, and I just moved right outside of Washington, D.C. because I save a lot on taxes. So now I'm in Arlington, Virginia, uh, Arlington, Virginia, and, you know, I'm 24 years old. I run a real estate wholesaling company. We do a few numerous different things. We have uh, a couple assets, uh, cash flowing assets as well that we buy in Baltimore County, Baltimore City. We rent out via Section 8, so program tenants. Uh, but the main thing that we do is real estate wholesaling. And we've done, like you said, a lot of pretty big deals or people would consider very big deals um, in the wholesaling community uh, because of the strategic ways that we do our marketing, the strategic ways that we we um, we find the deals and the way that we target development type uh, areas and development type of properties where you can build, you know, multifamily, condo developments, things like that, so that you can obviously get bigger hits. So, um, that's what I do, man. And, uh, you know, but, but, you know, personally, I'm just a 24 year old, you know, that loves God. I'm a soldier of God. Um, I, you know, I, I love, I love my family. I put God first, my family second and my business third. And, um, you know, our wholesaling company is just doing phenomenal right now. We're really cranking out and, um, we've learned a lot of things and a lot of wisdom in the process. So now, what what's fascinating about what you're doing, Raphael, is you're targeting bigger deals. So let me just ask you this: Were you impressed with my my two deals where I made twenty five hundred dollars? Hey, when I first got started, I guess I got started listening. I listened to you when I first got started in real estate when I was twenty years old, and so um, anything would have been impressive to me. So. To that, yes, it is impressive, and it's impressive to probably a lot of people listening to this podcast. Honestly, well, okay, now, but but talk about um, what what's the average size deal that you're wholesaling right now? Uh, currently, just based on our company, uh, what we're doing, our average deal is I think about sixty-seven thousand right now. Sixty-seven thousand dollars, or six to seven thousand dollars? No, sixty-seven thousand. <laughs> Kaboom! There you go. Uh, oh boy, Raphael just dropped the mic. Uh, so, uh, yikes. Okay, well, we'll get to these big deals in a minute, Raphael. We, we want to ask you, like, um, how did you get started in real estate? What got you interested in it? Sure. Um, so I was working a dead end job. I was financially struggling, mother. You know, really financially struggling, single mother, and uh, my brother was mentally disabled. So, you know, financially, we really needed help. And, uh, I, you know, I got introduced to real estate wholesaling from, uh, a random person actually. And he said that he would mentor me and, uh, I paid him pretty much my entire net worth at the time, which was three, uh, $3,000. I paid it to him and, uh, he took it. And so he took it and ran with it. No and, way. uh, because of that, I lost my job. I, I, I got dropped out of college because I couldn't afford it. No way. And so, um, all that he did was give me the idea about real estate wholesaling. And after that, I started going to free resources to learn. For example, you, you put out a lot of great information. And for that, I thank you. And I, I appreciate you all the, you know, free information, the podcast that you put out. I started researching uh, consistently how to do real estate wholesaling. And, uh, you know, after eight, eight months of, uh, you know, 
blood, sweat, and tears, literally days I was, you know, not even sleeping. I was reading every single night and working every single day and in and out. And uh, I finally did my first deal and I closed the deal for $30,000. And after that, it was just history. Um, so your first so. deal was $30,000. Um, what, what kind of right. deal was that? That was, uh, it's interesting. That was actually a multifamily condo development type of deal. And so um, that's what got me. So I, I guess I started off on the right foot, hmm. um, you know, now to progressively doing bigger uh, wholesale deals. And, you know, I really couldn't have done, you know, I, I say like me, I say I a lot. But honestly, I could not have done any of these huge deals without my extraordinary, amazing team, because I never spoke with any of these homeowners or any of the buyers. Well, the buyers I did on one of the deals, but none of the homeowners, I didn't do the marketing. So if it wasn't for my team, we wouldn't have done these deals. So I have to give, you know, thankfulness to my partner, Joe Dillon, acquisitions, head of acquisitions, Daryl Wilson and our team. So they're huge. You know, I, I, the team is everything. Excellent. Okay. <clears throat> so you got started focusing on the bigger deals. What is a bigger deal? Most of us are targeting single family homes. Um, are you sending mail to who, who are you sending your marketing out to? Who are you targeting? Right. So we, we, you know, bigger is better to us for pretty much, um, for a couple of reasons. One is because DC is very, uh, small. There's only about 600,000 people in DC proper. And so, and in residences, I think it's only like, uh, like a, a third of that or a little bit less than a third of that. And so um, we thought bigger is better. As long as it has equity, we're mailing you. And so we literally mail out to anybody with equity. And it's just a very aggressive postcard, pretty much to something like, hey, you know, uh, I think even I think I got it even from you. It was just, um, you know, like a third notice, like call immediately. We're going to terminate your house. And people get scared and call in. But we've uh, we've learned how to master the acquisition process so that when people call in, we can kind of uh, finesse it into uh, either an interested lead or somebody that's just not interested and we move on. But um, yeah, I think, I think, um, you know, the biggest thing too is, uh, you know, using a CRM is very important as well, you know, and I'm okay. sure you're going to get to that soon. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you about which, what do you use? So you're sending, but are you, are you sending the mail to commercial properties or are you sending it to homes and then, building commercial properties on them. So we're sending it to homes, um, all pretty much all residences with equity in the DC metro area, but we're specifically targeting when we, instead of mailing, we do cold calling. We'll target, we'll target list these type of development type deals, multifamily, R5B, R5D zoning, different kinds of zonings that are more favorable towards development. Those are the kind of calls that we'll make cold calls. Our acquisition managers will call them or we'll call them and we'll send uh, more, you know, strategic letters to them, but mainly calling with the, with the more targeted approach to answer your question. Okay. So, um, like you'll, you'll look into the neighborhoods that have a specific type of zoning where a multifamily or development could be built. And, uh, That's exactly right. so you're, you're sending direct mail and just cold calling homeowners who own property in those areas. That's correct. Exactly. Okay, interesting. And then, so I'm imagining you have you had to find the buyers that would be interested in buying those those properties. Are they coming in and tearing them down and, and rebuilding? Yeah, a lot of times. Exactly. Yeah, a lot. It depends, obviously, if you're in historic district, and a lot of things I guess apply towards that. But 
um, yeah, a lot of times they're just tearing it down, digging deeper in the ground, and then uh, building up and extending the back. Um, but again, it, it depends on the zoning. It depends the square footage of the lot, the setbacks. There's a lot that depends on that. But um, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, they're building brand new structures a lot of times, especially in D.C. But now zoning is getting a lot tighter in D.C., so it's a lot more difficult to uh, pass things uh, with the permits as they once were. Okay. All right. So um, are you sending any mail to, you know, owners of multifamily units or is it just homeowners? Correct. Well, owner, owners of the multifamilies. Well, okay. I guess they, I guess they are homeowners too. I guess whoever's an owner, if it's absentee, if it's home owner occupied, if it's, you know, uh, probate, instead of us targeting those lists, we'll just mass market everybody. Cause we're assuming, all right, we're going to hit you. Uh, you know, we're going to hit probates if we mass market all lists, right? Sure. And sure. so uh, we just do that and then we'll start target calling, which is what we, uh, that's where our targeted approach goes. We mass market and we found that to be a lot. Uh, we, we were losing a lot of deals because we were, to, for a while, we were losing a lot of deals because we were targeted marketing in DC specific. A lot of cities are different. So I wouldn't take this approach in every city, but in DC, because it's much smaller and uh, there's a lot of competition. Um, we just said, you know, mass marketed. We're losing a lot of deals because we were not doing that. And so, um, yeah. So now we'll do targeted calling and strategic sniping towards lists that are called. So versus mailed. So. Okay, cool. And um, most people think, well, I got a wholesale to an individual investor and um, they, they're, they're happy with making five to 10 grand on a deal, which isn't bad, obviously. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're intentionally going after the bigger deals where your average profits are $50,000 plus, right? Um, are you, does that mean you're turning away, you're turning down those small little deals? No, sir. No, sir. Anything under 10,000, uh, anything, well, anything under 10,000, we won't do, but 10,000 deals. Yeah. All day, but we'll do those. And, and, you know, we were getting frustrated actually because we were doing, you know, huge wholesale fees, you know, quarter million dollar wholesale fees, upwards of $300,000 wholesale fees. We're actually getting frustrated because we wanted the, the, you know, 15, you know, $15,000 deals a month, you know, instead of these huge hits, which the huge hits are great, but they're also, they're, they're crazy to deal with a lot of times. And oh, really? so what we did, yeah. What's so, so what we did is we're frustrated with your big, $250,000 deals. It just sounds funny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. God is good. The work probably that goes into that or trying to – well, actually, I guess this might lead into what you're about to say, but um, are you dealing a lot with having to um, get these things like – well, no, you're not, you're not even taking these deals down, right? So you're not doing any like advanced development before you sell it or anything like that, are you? No, sir. No. Yeah, we're just, we're just, but we will do, uh, we would add value to the property. And in DC, there's something called TOPO, which is tenants. Uh, it's pretty much their first right of refusal that tenants have. And um, you have to be very strategic with it. And with a lot of these buildings, there'll be many different tenants in there that are aggressive. They want payment. You need to help them move. People, there's lawsuits. I just got sued by one of the, you know, one of the tenants. And so it's, it's a headache. But when I said, I guess when I said, uh, you know, it was frustrating dealing with them is that 
the consistency wasn't there. You know, it would be great if I knew I was doing a $300,000 deal every single month, plus like the littler deals that we're doing as well. That's great. I'm happy with that. But the fact is that that wasn't the case. It wasn't happening every single month because like I said, DC is very small. It was hard, even though we we're putting in the work, it would come up and then it'd be two, two in one month. And then the next month there'd be no deals in the bigger type deals. And then it'd just be the smaller ones. And so I didn't like the inconsistency, you yeah. know, in the big deals, even though, you know, we've made millions on just the wholesaling side, we wanted the consistency. And so now what we did is that we've moved not just in DC. So now we're hitting DC, but we've gotten another acquisition specialist to handle another part of uh, the area in expansion. So now we've expanded to the Baltimore County, Baltimore city area, which is about an hour to two hours away from where we are and doing deals virtually now. And those deals will get like 15 deals a month and they will be, you know, anywhere between 10 to 35,000. Nice. So, but on these deals, yeah. Raphael, why are you even doing all any of that stuff? Why don't you just sell the contract to the developer who will worry about all of that? Well, you know, no developer will buy a property with tenants in the property. Okay. No developer will do that in DC, in DC. Now, like I said, DC is one of the only places with the strictest TOPA laws, which is the first right of refusal laws. And so luckily you guys don't have to deal with that. Um, but in DC you do, and you have to be very strategic. So we have to vacate the property if we want to close the deal and sell it to a developer, they won't take it with tenants. Well, which so, is, uh, which is, could be why your profits are so high on these deals. You don't have anybody else willing to do that. Exactly. That's exactly why. That's exactly why, actually. Yeah. Wow. None of them have been like easy peasy, you know, quick, uh, vacant deals assigned done. We always had to, you know, come out of pocket risk over $45,000 paying tenants to 45,000 just to pay tenants to move out and, um, and, um, you know, risk that of our own money so that they can move out and then close the deal that way. Wow. But, um, all of them have been assignments. So the thing about developers here in D.C., you know, because deals don't come all the time, if a deal does come, they're not going to risk, you know, a relationship or risk losing a deal, uh, you know, over trying to get it, you know, trying to go behind my back and go to the, the homeowner. Um, so they're fine with paying $300,000 assignment fees or however money, however much it is. That's, you know? that's pretty fantastic. <laughs> Those are, so they're yeah. actually an assignment of contract that says I will pay Ace Equity Pros $300,000 for the rights to this contract. That's exactly right. Yeah. Wow. But they'll they'll pay you at closing, right? Correct, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so um what what kind of marketing what kind of volume are you doing in marketing every month? Um I think we did this month we did about 62,000 postcards. I think we did, mm, yeah, about 62,000 postcards. We're doing about, th we're doing about 27 in 27,000 in the DC proper area. And then we're doing about 30,000 in the Baltimore city, Baltimore County area. <laughs> so about, about, I'm 57. Correct. Alex, how many postcards did you do last month or in the last 30 days? Oh, let's see. My my Richmond Chesterfield market, we did twenty thousand pieces, and then in my local market, probably about ten. So maybe about thirty. <laughs> awesome! You guys are crazy. Right. You're beasts. I've only do like four or five thousand a month. 
Okay. I'm embarrassed. Wow. I'm embarrassed. I'll have to up my game, I guess, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, when you're sending that many postcards, Raphael, I mean, you've got to have a team, right? Absolutely. So talk, what kind of team do you have? How big is your team? You know, um, we just let go of two people, which, uh, which sucks because uh, one of them got scared off because one of the tenants that we're dealing with sued us for $13 million, which is hilarious because it's, never, it's not a serious suit, but, but, you know, you can sue anybody for anything, essentially. And so she got terrified and she left. But, um, you know, wow. two acquisition specialists that deal with all the inbound calls, a full-time VA, transaction coordinator that sells all the deals, uh, COO that manages all the operations, uh, you know, the head of acquisitions that pretty much manages the acquisitions, sales calls, listens to that stuff, um, and myself. So really, we're only five. Five, and then, well, we do have outside agents that go out and lock up contracts for us. So the acquisition specialists, they stay and they take calls all day, and they set appointments all day. And so then we have realtors that are on our team. Now we're building a retail division, a retail team. The agents that we hired on our team, they're the ones that go out and lock up properties. So including them, that's an extra, uh, that's an extra three. So we're about eight, eight right now. Okay. So the realtors that go out for you, they're, they're just giving your, they're giving the seller your offer. Are they negotiating in person for you or just giving them your offer? That's exactly right. So we have, there's three different types. One is called an investment deal ready, and if that happens, that means the acquisition specialist negotiated and secured a price. All that has to happen is that the agent has to go and lock down the contract. Lock down the contract. Then there's uh, you know, an either or. This is how we label them in our custom CRM, either or, and that means that the agent has to go out and negotiate. And then if it's just a blank, uh, blind appointment, then she can negotiate or he sh- he can negotiate the investment price or the listing which, like I said, we're now building a retail brand, so the listings get paid directly to us. We're under our team. Wow, so. okay. I know Peter, uh, my coaching business partner, Peter's been doing that for about a year now, a little more, and he's doing really well with it. Basically, mm-hmm. any call that comes in, he makes the appointment. They just make an appointment with every seller lead that comes in, and they send a realtor to the house who gives them two offers. One is a cash price with him being the purchaser, the investor, and then a listing and just tells the sellers, which would you prefer? Correct. Interesting. We're pretty much similar model that we're adapting, but different in a way. All right. So then um, your retail division, you'll have, uh, would you have a broker under you to to make it um, a, a legal thing? You know what I mean? Correct. Yep, we're under Keller Williams. I'm a licensed real estate agent, but I also hired a full-time team leader. So okay. her name is Neha Darwish, and she is uh, she uh, she's a phenomenal agent, and she's going to be our team leader and also the expansion our expansion agent for when we go into multiple markets throughout the nation to hire the agents. So nice. I've heard that name before. I don't know how, but I have. Is she? Does she have? A pretty big following, or uh, or or is she does yeah. okay. Mm. Probably maybe because yeah. of the Keller Williams agents that I know. Maybe that's why yeah. Keller Williams is a good organization. I have my license with them. Oh, you do, Joe? Yeah, yeah. And I am. I am imagining Alex. When you get your license, you'll get yours with Keller Williams too. 
<laughs> if if I get my license, yeah, I pro- yeah, it probably would be Keller Williams today. Well, you're gonna have to just get it under me though. Oh, okay. exactly. Yeah, you know what, Keller Williams. I don't mean this in a negative way. It's a multi-level marketing company. Of course, it is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a. Bi- yeah, it's it's one of the. It's one of the biggest network marketing companies in the pl- on the planet. But um, they're successful. They're doing. They're. I mean, they're. It's the fastest growing franchise in the in the United States, and they're doing pretty well. And uh, but anyway, <laughs> the uh, okay. So Raphael um, talked about your team. What are some of the and you mentioned a CRM. What are you guys using for CRMs? Uh, well, we use primarily Podio and um, primarily Podio, but we've done a lot of different integrations that have um, cost us a lot um, integrating with Podio and, you know, needing to hire a lot of Podio, I guess, specialist developers to integrate. So things like, you know, we have our office lines here at the office. So whenever we get calls, um, our Podio will pop up automatically with the caller and the name and the, the name of the seller, the address of the property and the phone number so that our acquisition managers, they don't duplicate, but they also pop up immediately. So we know which ones are the live answers, which ones are previous, and we can update everything in Podio. It's been a lot. It's been very tweaked. Wow. So but, you're saying when the call comes in, Podio pops up. Exactly. The, the lead will pop up in Podio. Okay. If it's a lead that's previously in Podio, it will pop up. If it's a new lead, it will create a new item, but it'll create a new item with the seller's name because of our, our back office database that we have. We know uh, all the phone numbers and the addresses and the, uh, and the names of the people, so it will pop up with the name, the phone number, and, um, and so that will create a new lead if it's not there already. Okay, all right. And what else did you customize Podio with? We just have a lot of uh, like scorecarding information that was highly tweaked. Um, we have like four different workspaces because we don't want our acquisition managers or, you know, our, our transaction coordinator or our appointment dispatcher, um, in our main database. So each one has their own specific database that all relates back to the main master workspace. And so they don't have to, they can't make serious edits and things like that. But you know, it's, it's getting kind of crazy. Podio is, uh, it's, it's almost. Um, a lot of times it messes up, it crashes. So we're thinking about just creating our own software very soon. Well, so you're saying it, it, you're saying it crashes though. That's what, what do you mean by that? It doesn't crash, but sometimes the flows won't link properly. Yeah. You know, things won't link properly. We have like over, I think like 300 different flows in our system Ooh. and oh, things don't, geez. Yeah, it's a lot. And so things won't link and, you know, campaigns don't get automatically linked. And we have, you know, over 700 mailing campaigns that we have. And like, that's an issue if it doesn't get linked when the calls come in. And there's just a lot of things that just, you know, tend to happen hey, consistently. So hey, issues, Joe, uh, what is sometimes the best form of automation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Raphael, you probably already know this, but my, I used to be really, really big into Podio and I still am. I love Podio. But I used to try to get all of these integrations and third-party stuff and these workflows. And I, I stepped back from all of that, and I said, you know, the, sometimes the best automation you can get is a good VA. And so for me and my mm-hmm. business, obviously I'm not doing as much volume as you are, but I've really taken a step back, and I keep all my workflows internal into Podio, so I don't even use Globiflow anymore. 
And so when it comes time to, you know, check for incoming leads to check for duplicates or to create a contract or to add them to my email autoresponders lists um, or to assign them to a marketing campaign, I just have a VA do it. So if, if a new lead comes in, it creates a task, you know, um, it creates a task for the VA to assign it to a campaign um, to, and when I click the button follow up, it creates a task to uh, add that seller to the monthly follow-up campaign. Um, and so the, and then there's some internal Podio workflows that you can use that keep it really simple, but uh, I know you've already taken down that, that tr- gone down that trail of setting up a lot of these third-party integrations. But I, I was doing that too, and I was actually coming, I was doing a lot of consulting and done-for-you Podio stuff, and I was t- teaching this stuff. And almost every time I would do a webinar and I would teach all of these fancy third-party integrations that I had, during the live webinar, the thing wouldn't work. And I'd, I had it integrated <laughs> with Zapier, with Globiflow, with Lob, with MailChimp, uh, with even uh, there was it does it and it does it uh, went out of business um, and so it was just it was did you just say lob went out of business no no it does it oh it does it <laughs> it doesn't anymore uh, oh. it it does it was a service <laughs> like Zapier right uh-huh but here's the problem when you got all these integrations your chain's only as strong as strong as your weakest link. Right. And, you know, I was teaching this stuff all over the country and then hearing people come to me and complaining saying, you know what, I had this workflow going and I didn't even know it stopped working for three months. You know, or, or, I didn't even know it wasn't working anymore. Actually, for three weeks is what this one guy said. Um, because, and, you know, you're just, you know, if you're using something like Zapier, they send these error messages all the time and you get so many of them, you just ignore them um, because of something's missing or whatever. So... Uh, just think about that. It might be worth, it might be worth it, Raphael, instead of trying to fix it or trying to do all of this fancy stuff, just hire uh, a really good VA. To- well, if you build your own software, though, you'll, you do whatever you want to at that point, you know? Well, it- maybe, but how much expense and time is that going to suck up? A lot. What if there was this, the, what if there was just a process and I'm saying this to everybody listening as well. It's not just you, Raphael. I'm just saying this to everybody listening. You're like, what if you wrote down yeah. your processes? When a lead comes in, comes in, this is what this is what's supposed to happen. This and this and this and this. And when it goes into the follow-up campaign, this is what needs to happen. Da 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 da. Right. And so then you just create tasks. When it goes into this category, these six tasks are created, and they're assigned to these people with these due dates. And then it comes to where all it is is now every day your team comes in and they look at their tasks and everything gets a task, gets completed. And every lead has to have an open task assigned to it, right? So it just can't be marked as follow-up. It's got to have an open task assigned to it. And uh, you just get your VAs to do it. And in your, you know, you have, you have maybe one VA that manages that whole process because if you go into the activity screen, you can see all of your open tasks and who's assigned to them and when they're due and, and what app they're from. Um, keeping it simple. Keeping it simple. But anyway, are you, um, so are you, how far are you down the path of building your own database? Uh, probably within the next three months. And the only reason why I suggest that I'll keep I'll keep what you said in mind. It's, it's very uh, informative, and I think it's really good for a lot of your listeners. 
But, you know, um, shout out to my, my, my great friend and mentor, Mark Evans, DM. Oh, yeah, um, good guy. You know, he's, yeah, great guy. Yeah, and I've learned a lot from him as far as, like, the CRM that he uses. He's built his own custom CRM as well. Right. I was in the Bahamas with him, and I really got to get a great grasp of his CRM and how it works so flawlessly and uh, how my, you know, my podio had so many flaws. And the reason why, you know, was because, um, you know, uh, was because, Essentially, you know, we're using a third party, but if we created our own again, you know, hopefully that would be the case that, you know, those, those problems would not come up again. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but it's, it's always interesting to hear that perspective. I would have never thought of that. So that's a very interesting perspective. I appreciate that. Well, I think a lot of people listening to this, they fall into the trap of getting stuck behind their computer and not doing what really matters most. And that's talking to sellers and making offers. And so I was finding so many students were not were just sitting behind their computer working mm. working on their computer and trying to build these workflows and these automations so that they don't have to work and at the end of the day you know they finally they spend 40 hours to get podio to save them like 1 hour uh it just doesn't make sense <laughs> and and yeah. all of that money that's spent on that so I think yeah, I'll, I, I'll give I'll give your viewers a word of advice because a lot of times it's really good to have a, a goal set. Yeah. You know, if you're not if you're not you know if you're not doing at least a million dollars in business and wholesale revenue, like just you know lay off the podio automation. You know, you can make a million dollars with a pen and a pad and a phone. Yeah, you know? great. So point. keep it simple. You know, keep it simple until you hit that seven figure mark. When you hit that seven figure mark then trying to automate your business and make things a lot easier on everybody so that you can grow, you know? So, um, that's really, really good advice. I hope everybody rewinds and listens to that, you know, because, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's focusing on what's most important and what's not most important in your business is not, um, updating your database to do all this fancy stuff. Just get a VA to do that for you. And, uh, you know, it could be, you could still use Podio, you know, I've been really impressed with FreedomSoft, talking to Rob Swanson and seeing what he's doing with FreedomSoft. Um, been really, really impressed with that. It's still, he, he's still adding a bunch of things to it, and pretty soon, um, Raphael, I think you'll be impressed. It's, he's going to be making it more like Podio, where you can have workspaces and apps um, and workflows that you can do inside of FreedomSoft. And he's, he's eventually going to be getting there soon. But... Um, all right, so um, enough about CRM stuff. The I wanted to ask you some questions, Raphael, real quick here, and we only got about ten more minutes. But um, how do you handle the calls? The calls come in. Um, do they go to voicemail? Do you have somebody answer them live? What do you do? Yeah, yeah, the, we we answer all of our calls live. Nice. <clears throat> and yeah. do you do your postcards say "Call our twenty-four hour recorded voicemail"? <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh-huh, they do. I knew it. Um, you sneaky little but, guy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. why? Why do you do that, Raphael? Because it gets people to call. They feel more comfortable. <laughs> um, they feel more comfortable that they're just going to hear a pre-recorded message or something like that. But mm-hmm. then they hear somebody live. It, it catches them off guard. And if they get upset and they want to get taken off the mailing list, you know, we take them off. That's not yeah. a problem. But yeah. it's not so serious that, you know, we can get sued for, you know, millions or even ten dollars. Well, really, know? do you have anybody so that compl- love. Do you have really anybody that complains about that? Um, not really. 
we've had a few, but nothing serious. Uh, really, just people just hate the postcard. Yes. <laughs> a lot of times, people will hate the postcard a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and so uh, it, it, it's a lot of filtering with our acquisition managers. And so now we're trying to figure out a way that can uh, that we can handle the amount of calls, but only deal with the more interested ones. And I think that might be going to a third party using maybe Pat Live or something like that. But I just I, I don't like outsourcing things. I yeah. like having things, you know, in-house as much as possible so I can we can control it. We do trainings every single Monday. We listen to recorded calls. All calls are recorded. We listen to them. We listen to the qualified ones, the unqualified ones, and we train with them every single week. Nice. And we train with our agents every single week that go and meet with the you know on appointments. So training is so super key for your team. You know, it's it's one of the most important things. Good for you. Yeah, that's really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talk about your follow up. What kind of follow up do you do with your sellers? That say that say no now. Yeah, we, I mean, we'll put them in the six months. We'll, we'll we'll mail them again in six months, or we'll call them again in six months. Really, just depends on how not interested they were. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we'll call them again in six months. Uh, but we're very tight with our follow up in our podio system. We've made that very tight and clear with everybody. But nine times out of ten, the goal what we're trying to do is, you know, if it's an interested lead that was a live call, it it better be you know one of two things either you know, uh, an appointment immediately, or it's in your hot in-house pipeline. So the acquisition specialist, they want to keep deals in their pipeline so that they can secure them virtually. Our acquisition specialists get a higher percentage of the commission if they secure the deal virtually without using an agent. Yeah. If they use the agent, then they have to share part of that commission. So they want to keep it as much in-house. But, um, you know, so we, we take control of it. So for every interested lead, we have scorecards that we see every week. You know, if there's, you know, if they have 40 interested leads that week, then, um, you know, there should be, you know, let's say 20 appointments set and then 20 in your in-house pipeline. That's, that's tracked. And nice. so we don't lose leads. You know, we, we, we don't lose leads. How do you, you can use general figures if you want, but approximately how much do you pay your, um, acquisitions guys they're on a, a scale uh, so they get a salary so employees everybody unfortunately yeah so that's the case um, for 10 we can't 1099 any longer so employees are everybody so salary they get paid a salary three thousand three thousand dollars a month plus a commission uh, three different types of commission so if it's a virtual contract that they secured without the need of an agent and with all negotiations done by them they get anywhere between uh, eight to ten percent of the wholesale fee, so on top of their salary as well, and they get a bonus if they stay for you know a, a way. This is a small tip for people to know. You know, when retaining people, if you pay them salaries, what you want to do is a bonus every six months for the longer they stay. That was one of our biggest things. Is like there was some uh, turnover because you know, oh, uh, a tenant sues us for thirteen million has the transaction coordinator's name. <laughs> but if you if you um, incentivize people to stay longer. So, Hey, if you stay for six months, you get a 15% bonus of your salary. Stay for another six months, you get another 20%. People are incentivized by that. And so we, yeah. we do that. We do the salary and then it's 10, you know, eight to 10% if it's virtual, if they use the agent, it's anywhere between, uh, four, um, what is it? It's anywhere between, uh, six to 8%. Um, on an investment deal ready using the agent. So that means that they dealt with all of the negotiations 
they secured the price with the agent and then the agent just went out and locked the pri- uh, the contract up. And then if it's a blank appointment, then they only get 2% and the agent gets the majority of the con- uh, the percentage. Man, good for you. Uh, uh, Raphael, you're 24 years old? About to be 25 in, uh, what, eight days. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, what were you doing when you were 25 years old? 25? Um, just scraping through my first deals, still working, um, at my, uh, security company that I went ahead and, uh, started as my attempt to, uh, achieve financial independence. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I think I was just graduating college at the time, getting my first job, sitting in a cubicle and, uh, punching in and punching out. But, uh, man, Raphael, I'm really impressed. <clears throat> with what what you're doing now at uh, the ripe young age of 25, um, good for you, man. That's awesome. Thank you, son. Thank you. And like like I said before, you know, it, it isn't just all me. My team really helped influence, especially my uh, my partner Joe Dillon. He's the CEO, running pretty much the whole operations. I couldn't do it without him. Yeah. And so our team is is you know extremely strong. We're all grounded and strong with God. Our faith is strong, and we work very diligently day in and day out. And we wake up all very early, and we train ourselves, and we discipline ourselves daily. So, you know, so the team and God, you know, anything is possible, honestly. (laughs) That's awesome, man. That's inspiring too, Raphael. That's really inspiring. I know a lot of people listening to this podcast will be inspired as well. And um, if people want to get a hold of you and and talk with you about maybe doing some business with you guys as an investor or as a buyer or – Whatever. Is there a way to get a hold of you, Raphael? Sure. You can uh, email me directly at Raphael, R-A-P-H-A-E-L, at Ace Equity Pros, A-C-E Equity Pros, P-R-O-S dot com. R-A-P-H-A-E-L at Ace Equity Pros with an S dot com, right? Correct. Cool. You got it. All right, Raphael. Alex, do you have any other final questions? No final questions. Uh, Raphael has uh, always amazed me when he said, you know, he's 24 years old and the business that he was doing is uh, pretty incredible. That's uh, it's yeah. pretty amazing, everything he's got going on. That's good. Thank you, gentlemen. Good. Any advice, Raphael, that you want to give to uh, people listening to this? Yes. Um, you know, don't chase money. Chase your vision. Chase your purpose. The money's going to come, but um, you'll only get frustrated chasing money. And you'll never be fulfilled, but chase your purpose and your vision, and uh, you know you'll truly live a fulfilled life. Hmm. That's really good, man. Really good. Well, God bless Raphael. Thanks for being on the show, man. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it greatly. All right, thanks, Alex. We'll see you guys. 